Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big 5D Podcast. I'm Charles Laughlin, your host. I'm also content director of Big 5 Digital, which presents this podcast. So the podcast is all about small business technology in Africa and the Middle East. And today we're going to lead off a series of interviews from our recent Big 5 Small Business FinTech Summit, which was a virtual event on 10th March. We had a number of great speakers. Most of them were in one-on-one interviews, and we're going to share those via podcast over the coming weeks. We're leading off with Lauren Kagori, who's a consultant with Possessia, which is a financial inclusion crowdfunding uh, platform based in East Africa, but serves East and West Africa. We had a great conversation with Lauren all about financial inclusion and kind of what it really means and how to go about it. Um, and she made a really stark point in setting the, up the conversation where about a million individuals enter the, mar- the labor market in Africa every month and only about a quarter of them find employment. So micro, small and medium enterprises, MSMEs, are really the, the driver of employment going forward, but the, a major, if not the major, gating factor in their growth and their ability to take on employees is their access to capital. Uh, so that was a major theme of the event. It was a major theme of the conversation with Lauren. Uh, so we're just going to get right into it in a moment. A couple of matters of housekeeping first. Uh, as you, We had, our, of course, our virtual event recently. We had another virtual event back in November, and we're going to carry on with that format. Uh, coming up soon, we're going to have a specific announcement soon, but we're going to have an e-commerce-related event soon. And we're also thinking about a series of smaller, shorter events uh, events uh, around even more specific topics. Um, And we'll get more into that when we have plans to announce. But we want you to stay tuned. Keep an eye on our LinkedIn page. Our Big Five Digital LinkedIn page is a great way to stay on top of what's going on with us and to follow that. We share a lot of content there and so on. So anyway, let's get into the interview with Lauren and we hope you enjoy it. Thanks. All right, welcome back, everyone. We have a great conversation coming up now with Lauren Kagori from Pizasha, which is a financial inclusion platform in East Africa. Actually, you cover East Africa and West Africa, correct? That's right, yeah. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Pizasha, and then we'll kind of talk about the bigger issue we're here to talk about, which is yeah. sort of financial inclusion for very small businesses and how we make that better. Sure. Um, thanks so much for inviting us to be a part of this platform. It's, it's so great to be connected with other like-minded businesses and organizations in this space. So a bit about Pizesha. Pizesha started in 2016 in Kenya. Uh, started as a B2C uh, lending company, but quickly pivoted to a B2B lending uh, company. It's a digital financial marketplace for the underserved. So Possession exists to connect micro, small, and medium businesses to affordable credit. And we do this through a a crowd lending platform that's powered by our own proprietary algorithm. Uh, We started in Kenya and have since expanded to Ghana. And over over the last few years, since 2016, we've done just over 70,000 disbursements, uh, totaling uh, around $2 million. So that's a bit about Possessia and and what we're doing in East and West Africa. Okay, that's a good quick summary. And so we'll get into the details of what its reason for existence is. And that's uh, sort of financial inclusion for small, for B to B, not B to C. That's another whole other issue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so tell us, maybe the good way to start is why the pivot from B to C to B to B? 
Well, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the founder of our company, Hilda Mora. Mm -hmm. She, her first uh, company was focused on B2B supply chain solutions and using technology to improve logistics uh, within fast mover consumer goods supply chains. And I think she that when she exited out of that company and then started possession, I think she saw the same need for the, the money lending value chain, that there's similar issues that could be better solved with technology. Um, for example, one of the ways in which we work in Kenya and are now starting to work in West Africa is that we integrate into other e-commerce and e-tech platforms because these are, for example, a platform like Jumia is interacting with thousands of SME owners uh, who need access to credit and Possession is able to come alongside that and provide a risk adjusted lending for these borrowers and it's a, an increased sales uh, for the e-commerce platform. Okay, so could you frame it a little bit? Um, I don't know if you have you know, stats at, at, at the tip of your uh, tongue, but um, like give us a sense of the scale of the, the access to credit issue. Yeah, sure. Sure, so I think the the way to understand the issue that we're uh, tackling, and it's it's really for anyone who's um, traveled in, in in Africa, is you're you're walking on any main road in Africa, and along the side of the road, you'll probably encounter in a one kilometer walk at least four to five small kiosks, uh, and these are kiosks that maybe in the West might not look like a, a significant shop or something, but these are really businesses in Africa and. You know, in Africa, they, the most recent stats are saying about a million people into the job market each month, and only a quarter of them are able to get jobs. And most of these jobs are actually coming from those exact same small kiosks that you see that are mostly in the informal sector. Mm -hmm. And so close to 80% of employment opportunities in Africa are made up of micro, small and medium enterprises. And the number one problem that MSMEs faces is access to credit. And the issue is that traditional banks find MSMEs too costly and too risky to lend to. They just mm -hmm. don't have the data or the traditional security or collateral assets that a bank needs to, to vet and, and, and credit score the business. And so it's, they're just completely of this entire sector. And that's why we, we say possession is a, a financial marketplace for the underserved because there's this traditional banking does not offer uh, financial products to the sector that is generating the most employment opportunities in Africa. Right. And so and that's, that's, that's yeah. the issue. And it's because yeah, that's they the can't, they don't know how to assess the risk. Is that a, they don't know how to assess the risk and it's, it's something that is just too costly right. for them. It's, if they it's had to, start to make one large loan than a thousand small loans. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. I mean, I mean just, just a bit of, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just a bit about myself. I, I live and work in Burundi. I, I consult remotely for possession. I, I used to run a, a business in the coffee exporting side here. And, you know, mm -hmm. even a business that is um, in, in coffee, you, you receive payment in dollars. And even with dollars coming in as a payment, it, it was hard work to convince a bank, to convince local banks here and even regional banks that it's worth lending to because unless you have basically, if you, most banks in Africa are looking for at least 120% collateral to loan against, mm -hmm. which is just simply unattainable for MSMEs. Right. And so there's just an opportunity that's being missed. Um, right. When yeah. you add it all together, it's it's a giant um, available market, I guess. Uh, for, exactly. For right. So talk about it. And then you... if you look, um, right. sorry, Charles, go for okay. it. Yeah. Please go ahead. 
No, and if you look at it on the flip side from an investor's point of view, there, there's a large group of people who could be responsible lenders who you could be investing in and as a, as a new asset class um, that your bank doesn't give you access to. Your bank gives you access only to the traditional investment portfolios. And so that's where that's where crowd lending in Africa is really interesting is because we have profitable, viable businesses that need access to capital and a, you know, a growing middle class that has disposable income and also a diaspora who wants to do good back at home. Mm-hmm. And there's n- there are not many mechanisms that are connecting these two needs. Okay, so talk a little bit about the mechanics of solving the problem. Um, what are some of the points, pain points that have to be solved? And I'm sure there's a lot, there's a data issue and a technology issue and a bunch of other issues, but kind of walk us through some exactly. of the bigger problems that yep. have to be solved to solve this problem. No, you, you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, data and technology, those are mm-hmm. the two big ones. So um, access to the right type of data to score. And and so that getting, you know, a possession, we've got a pretty robust algorithm that as we grow, we realize, okay, we need to add that in, add this in. And it's the picture, because the the informal sector is so dynamic, and especially like, let's, you know, 2020 was a very interesting year for businesses across all sectors. True. And the data you need to, to reliably predict the credit worthiness of an MSME is constantly changing. And so you constantly need to have technology that can update and credit score correctly. Then on the flip side of the technology side, you one of the the issues that we see with both um, within possession, also with the partners we work with in East and West Africa, is that you can have a great tech solution, um, but convincing people to use it in the way that it's meant to be used is is a is a constantly a, co- a constant challenge. Um, for example, one of our partners in in Ghana is an agritech platform, and they've realized, like some of our the other partners we work with in Ghana, that um, you need you still need field agents to mm-hmm. go go alongside someone, sit with someone, teach them how to use um, the app or even the USD application, and and really alongside someone technology uh, technologically wise. Um, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but it's yeah. it's basically yeah, it's not it's not it's not sufficient just to have a great app. Um, there are several cultural and sociological reasons why you may still need a, a full force of so-called field agents uh, to onboard future clients. Okay, so that's a part challenge you use partners to, to solve, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, now you've come up with something like your own version of a credit score, right? I think is that that's a correct. way to yeah. describe it. So talk talk about yes that. How you created that and. And what, what function it serves, and do banks accept it? I think I would imagine that's a big challenge, or maybe not. I don't um, so, so in in Kenya, we've just been um, we've just been a, a, through a very successful process with the the Capital Markets Regulatory Authority, and we were the first one of two companies uh, to, but the first fintech company to successfully exit out of that eighteen month uh, process. And and so yes, now we are in a position where in Kenya, at least, we are able to, to, to talk to institutional lenders and banks with authority because of that regulate, regulatory stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. In, in Ghana, we're still a way off from that. Um, uh, crowd lending and possession in general is, is new, and that'll take some time. Um, 
one aspect that I think will be really interesting for fintech companies to explore in the future is that we all know that traditional banks are are, are a bit afraid of what fintech companies are going to do in this space in the yeah, future. Yeah, yeah, the big and, theme of this event is the uh, yeah. Yeah, and I you <laughs> yeah. know, as, as I mentioned earlier, there's this interesting disconnect between uh, young middle class Africans, uh, those on the continent, and those in the diaspora, who want to do good on the continent and who see, for example, who are disillusioned with the interest rates that they're getting in the West, there's an opportunity in Africa. And I guess it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next five years about who does something to integrate um, this asset class of SMEs into traditional banking mm-hmm. or whether it'll just be completely taken over by the fintech space and we'll leave the traditional banks behind. But from mm-hmm. the conversations we've been having and just... Um, yeah, I've got a few banker friends, and from what they're saying, I think bankers in Africa at least are starting to wake up that they can't, they can't ignore fintech, and that they should should be doing something in this space. Right. A couple just to understand the the scale we're dealing with here. You know, um, what is working dog is an inevitable part of this uh, experience. <laughs> um, the. Uh, uh... What is the sort of average or typical amount of uh, capital you're providing to an MSME? Is it, or at least give us a sense of the scale that you're dealing with on the individual sure. level. Yeah, so it 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 really varies on um, the relationship we have with the lender. So if it's a first time lender in Ghana, you're looking at um, up to a maximum of six thousand Ghanaian cities, which mm-hmm. is I don't have my conversion calculator, right? Yeah, yeah. In Kenya, that amount is a lot higher, and because uh, because the the market is a lot more mature, mm-hmm. and with with repeat lenders, we can go up as high as ten thousand dollars. Okay. Um, with repeat yeah, lenders, that's a meaningful amount of money. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we have a few minutes left. Why don't you just talk up? Tell us a little bit about. Just give us a, a picture of some of the businesses you work with. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I'd love to just to share a story of one of the businesses we work with in Ghana. Um, and it was kind of just a great um, success story at the end of 2020. And one of the, the missions of possession is to increase the velocity of money in African economies. And I, I love this story because it so embodies this. So one of one of our clients in Ghana is a, a leather shoe company. So they make they, they buy leather goods, they make leather sandals. And on average, uh, they make about 120 uh, sandals per month and they sell these online mm-hmm. when a customer orders it takes about 14 days for the customer to get it and that's usually because there's a lag between uh, when the the business has enough money to buy leather and when they finally make it and then send it out it's actually not a, a delivery issue it's not because it, right. these distances are really far it's a supply chain and issue i guess <laughs> it's a supply chain issue exactly yeah. so it's a, this business has been operating mm-hmm. for 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 two years and before working with Possession, they could just manage 120 pairs of shoes uh, a month. Mm-hmm. After borrowing from Possession, they were able to use that money to buy a bunch more stock and then reduce their delivery time from over 14 days to nine days. Mm-hmm. And then in November, they were increased the production to 160 pairs. And then in December, because of the Christmas demand, close to 200 pairs. Plus they hired two additional employees and invested a bit in social social media advertising. And I And I love that story because it, it's just so great when, when you see the vision in action. It's like, yes, this is this is the purpose. Right, this is what, money that's what you're in this flowing. One, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, so that 
that's that's a story that I love to share. And then another story that I love to share is from 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 our, our Kenya operations. A lot of our um, investment in Kenya is actually from individual investors, Kenyans on the continent and abroad who are saying, "Yep, we want to invest in businesses." And what we're seeing there is that people are are really captivated by this idea of like. Um, it's not your usual crowd lending platform where you see, okay, I invested into Martha's shop and I can see how much she's doing. It's like, no, we're sp spreading the investment across and people love being able to choose, okay, and then get get reports in the dashboard. And it's just, it's just way more interactive than a traditional bank. And those mm -hmm. are some of the stories we've been getting and we've shared some of those on our on our website. Um, Great. Yeah. Great. So, so actually we just have a, very small amount of time left. What happens okay. next? International expansion? Are you expanding the product suite? I mean, kind of, and, we're, and I'd like I'd love to ask you about like new, how technology is going to change the business going forward, but that would be mm -hmm. doubling the length of time of this conversation. But uh, <laughs> quickly, what's what's next for, for possession? What's next is continued expansion in West Africa. So we hope to replicate our, what we've called our merchant partnership financing mm -hmm. uh, that we've done in Kenya with partners like Jumia and Twiga into mm -hmm. Ghana uh, with uh, and into we're also looking into Nigeria as well as some other West African countries that's what's next and um, I think if I had to project beyond that I think I wouldn't be surprised if in the next two to three years because I think development agencies are catching on to the transformative power of crowd lending too I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few years we see closer integration between because also remember NGOs are a big player in this right. space they see right. all this money coming in as remittances and then they see these fintech companies so we've seen in the last two years just a lot more connecting between those two sectors and so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw new ways of using development money to grow fintech companies in Africa. Great that's a great note to end it on and thank you very much for joining us it's been a great conversation, really inspiring. I love great. the stories. So thanks again, and really appreciate it. And we'll uh, have a lot more to say about this issue going forward. So thank you. Great. Thanks, Charles. Bye.